Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Welcome to the Self-Medicated Podcast for Monday, September 14th. I am your host, as always, The Wayfair, a.k.a. Quentin Quarantino, a.k.a. The Banter Boss, a.k.a. Jon Snow, because I know nothing. Don't have a drop for that. Man, I told you niggas is distracted, man. <laughs> you know nothing, Jon Snow. This is true. Here, as always, with the captain of the igloo, young, popular, and friendly, a.k.a. The Box Hunter. A.K.A. Right. One Pop Poppy, A.K.A. The Bottom Feeder. Uh, let's go ahead and knock out this housekeeping really quickly. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at The Self Mad Pod. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening to this at, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Stitcher, Alexa. <laughs> All of the rest of them. I was, kind of, I was trying to come up with another oh, okay. one, but I couldn't, I couldn't remember the rest of them. Um, um, your mama speakers, nigga. Yeah, that's exactly where we at. Uh, so yeah, make sure you just go subscribe and leave a review. Make sure you tell somebody about this podcast too. Share this shit out. Share this shit out. Uh, make sure you check out our over the counter episodes. Those come out every Friday. Uh, on those episodes, we'll be engaging with our listeners, picking topics directly from y'all, making sure um, we can give out any advice, uh, any kind of topics specifically from our listeners. So, um, yeah, y'all I'm tired can. of coming up with all these goddamn concepts. Help yeah, a lot. yeah, we need y'all's help, man. Y'all, y'all, <laughs> what do y'all want to hear? Co produce this show. Um, <laughs> but then y'all can also be a part of the show, too. So, you can call in if you need to stay anonymous. You can hit us in the DM. Um, over the counter. Episodes are for y'all. Those come out every Friday. Make sure y'all check those out. Um, and then we have uh, organic shout out. So this week's organic shout out goes to Black Excellence Radio. Uh, they're at BLKEX Radio on IG. Um, this is a platform where black people, artists, people of color are able to express and tell their stories how they want to. Um, and they're straight out of Atlanta, too. So make sure y'all go show them some love. Make sure you go follow them. Uh, make sure you tell them the self-medicated podcast sent you. Peace Me. up, A-Town Down. Yeah. I just feel like I had to say <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else for housekeeping? Um, We're going to work on being more consistent with the days we drop. I think the platform we're using is giving us a few problems, but we're working on it to be consistent and keep it on, was it Tuesdays and Fridays? No, it'll be Mondays and Fridays. Yep. So regular, episode, <laughs> regular episodes come out Monday. Over the Counter comes out Fridays. Um. Yeah. So, yeah. Bear with us. Bear, bear with the, bear with the platform. Actually, from <laughs> switch on AI. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, boom. So let's get into it, man. Let's get into. Uh, first of all, how was your week? How are you doing? Oh man, that's what it was. <laughs> I just thought about something completely random. Um, it was good. It was more consistent than last week was. It was pretty. Uh, I would use the words. Um. It was, man, I'm not used to recording. <laughs> it's not like I do this every week. It was, um, <laughs> it was consistent. It was not too many highs, not too many lows. Went by fast. Um, got a couple nuggets, had a couple good conversations. So oh, I thought you meant like chicken nuggets. Nah, Cause man. you know, McDonald's dropped the spicy nuggets. Mmm. Yeah. You're not fucking with Wendy's. I ain't even tried it yet, but it's not. I can't Have you tried the spicy McChicken? The spicy McChicken? Yeah. It tastes like a spicy McChicken in bite-sized form. They just put some pepper yep. on that shit. 
pretty much. <laughs> um, how about you? How was how was your week? How's the wedding stuff? And you had the week off of work, so I'm assuming you got some relax. Yeah, I was definitely able to relax. I'm sad that my vacation is over. I'm not looking forward to going back to work. Um, but yeah, I was, was able to relax, able to chill a little bit. Um, wedding planning is is stressful. AF. <laughs> um, the good thing is we already have the date. We already have the venue. Yeah. Um, right now, oh, we already took our engagement photos. Um, which was a whole thing. Now, yeah. Are we going to do a poll about these wedding colors? Get the people involved. I mean, I'm would down. that be convincing? Yeah. Would that be yeah. We should definitely do it. <laughs> would that be a good piece of evidence? We <laughs> right. It's not proof, but a good piece of evidence. Yeah, I'm with it. All right. We could definitely do a poll. I like your idea. So yeah, maybe we, <clears throat> a little bit more strength to your argument that way. Right. That's what the people want. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I don't give, give a what they fuck need. what the people want. She really don't. <laughs> that's she what really I want. Don't. That's exactly what she's gonna say. <laughs> so yeah, that's um that's that's been like kind of stressful. It's been, but it, the re- only reason it's stressful is just by nature of the thing. Mm. I again, I can't reiterate this enough to have. The Haitian sensation as a partner because she makes it a lot easier than it could be. Mm. Uh, so I'm super grateful and thankful for that for sure. Faux shizzle. Um, let's see. One of the things that I've been paying a, a, a lot of attention to this week is the pot wars going on. This is like pot wars too, though. So mm. you remember in like, it had to be like 2017, I think. Probably around 2017, when all of the, all of the kind of popping into individual podcasts were kind of beefing with each other, but uh, it wasn't really about, beefing. Yeah, 2017. It was really just cross promoting for real, for real. But it, yeah, because it, it behind the scenes they were at, talking to each other. Exactly, and they were like homies. Exactly, it's so like the NBA. About, exactly, yep, exactly. <laughs> when the Sonic Pete niggas get competitive, but really behind the scenes they all homies vacation together. Right, they do shows together. They. Tour together, yeah. all that type yeah. shit. Yeah. So uh what we're talking about is uh Flagrant Two, uh the Brilliant Idiots and the Joe Budden podcast. So these are uh, and, and really it's deeper than that. It goes to the read, it goes to <laughs> steeper than rap. Right. Is <laughs> uh it goes to a lot of these kind of offshoot podcasts, it goes to like uh Mandy and them horrible decision. Like it, it kinda stretches out all through loudspeaker low key, loudspeaker network for those who don't know is a podcast mm-hmm. network. Um and then the Joe Button podcast, which is like an independent podcast part of the Joe Button network. But these kind of like personalities who host these shows have kind of had like friendly beef for a long time. Joe yeah. Button and Charlemagne God actually do like shows every year together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do like the yearly wrap up show since Joe Budden has been in the headlines for talking about uh, the end of his deal with Spotify. Uh, Charlemagne has also jumped into not only that conversation, but obviously they're in, I mean, I guess competition, but in the same industry, yet, yeah. to say nothing else. Um, and it was announced this week that Charlemagne has a deal with iHeartRadio to start the uh, Some Black Excellence Podcast Network. Uh, full of black podcasts. He says, <laughs> "Yeah, put a little more respect on that one, man." I mean, he has some quality podcasts on there. Yeah, no the the podcasts that he has on the network, I think, are very very dope. Yeah, um, I think Stephen Jackson and them's 
podcast uh, is going to be on there. Smoke. Yeah, all the smoke's going to be on yeah, there. Yes. Yeah, 85 Malone, South. 85 South. Which cool. is a great one to draw in. Yep. Um, uh, Drink Champs. Yep. Um, just a couple other newer podcasts I, I'm not familiar with. But he yeah. came in with 18 total, which is a crazy amount. That's a wild amount. Yeah. Oh, and um, horrible decisions. Those are probably like the top. Yes, those are those are probably the top like draws, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also a very diverse network, I guess, because they also have some political shows on there, some other yeah. like different perspectives of shows on there. Glasses Malone. I appreciate it because it shows the um, diversity of Black people. Yes, because a lot of times people look at us as a monolith, or they expect us to act as a monolith. This kind of shows because he has all kinds of. People from different backgrounds, people with different types of knowledge and information. So you, you got your sports, your politics, yep. um, social commentary, entertainment, uh, comedy, all that shit. As it's Andrew Schultz would call him the slut podcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call him that. It's more like just women expressing their sexuality podcast. Right. Give me the PC term. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and, and when you think about it, too, um, when we talk about pod labs and the vision for having a diverse set of content to be able to pull out as a mm-hmm. network, that's definitely something inspirational and something to look at as an example for sure. Um, um, but with that, along with that news came with uh, Joe Budden basically kind of continuing what Joe Budden does and <laughs> <laughs> talking about shit and putting people on front street. Um, and basically, so now the whole conversation um, is about Joe Budden and Charlemagne having uh, like a public ego war with mm. each other um, and tearing each other down publicly. Um, Joe Budden said it on one of his podcasts, but I've heard this reference before that they are like uh, uh, Malcolm X and Dr. King or Magneto and... Uh, <laughs> Professor X in terms yeah. of how they're trying to open up the industry to us, to hip hop, to black folks, to the culture. I'm assuming Joe Budden's the Malcolm X. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, he's the Magneto, right? Yeah. Yeah, so like, um, but basically that's kind of been the conversation right now. And I think there's some very, very, very interesting things about, you know, one thing about their like public conversations and all that, but mm-hmm. like, just speaking about them two as entities and how they show up in the space of entertainment, I think is a whole nother, more interesting conversation for me. Yeah. Um, but what are your thoughts on, on the pod wars that's currently constructed? Have I, you, did you listen to the newest Joe Biden episode too? Not all of it. Okay. Cause he talks about, he, okay, maybe he, I missed he that talks part. about flagrant a lot. Like he talks about flagrant kind of went out of him. Yeah. And he got their ass back. Okay. I got us to that. Um, I guess from an outsider's perspective, they both seem to want to achieve the same goal, but they're going about it in different ways. So, like, I feel like Joe Budden wants to eventually create a podcast network, <clears throat> but I think he wants to get the resources to do that first. And I feel like he's taking the Dame Dash approach where you put up your own money and fund it so you don't have to worry about any um, outsider's or investors trying to tell you how to do it or what to do, whereas Charlemagne is taking a more utilitarian approach where he gets the outside investors but creates these partnerships where 
they kind of help him by providing the finances and he does the talent and uh, I guess the production part of it. So, but at the same time, I just feel like just from listening to both parties, like over the course of their careers, Joe Budden definitely comes from things from an emotional aspect. He's driven by his emotion, his passion, where Charlemagne is way more strategic Mm. and thoughtful in things he does. So I think that's why he was able to, like, take the, I guess, the last couple years to acquire this talent and get all this done, then come out as a surprise, whereas Joe Budden's had a couple different ventures that he's never really been able to get to take off with him being there consistently for a decent amount of time. It seems like his – he usually has a one-year stint no matter what he does, and that includes, like, him doing radio back in the day, mm-hmm. um, Everyday Struggle, podcast on Spotify. He made two years with that, so but that seems to have ended on bad terms. So I have a different perspective, actually. I don't think that um, – I don't think that they're doing the same things. I don't think that Joe Budden's goal is to have a podcast network. I think that he's trying to do me- have a media network overall and I think that Charlemagne is trying to have influence and power in the culture. I think Joe Budden's gonna end up working for Charlemagne. I think it might be the other way around. Because Okay. Because Charlemagne works for someone. Joe Budden does it. So does that make sense? I see what you're saying. I don't I don't don't, but like also Charlemagne works for Joe Budden right now. Charlemagne works for Joe Budden. Joe Budden pays Charlemagne for the pull ups. That they do those year end reviews, those are published under mm. Joe's brand. Charlemagne's the talent, but That's don't they both post them on their YouTubes? Yes, but who films it? Uh, that part I, it? I don't know because I don't like watch those. <laughs> well, I, well, I haven't I, watched it, I only watched the first one. I've watched them, I also watched the credits. It's all Joe's, okay? Team. Fair enough. Like Charlemagne literally kind of there to talk, so he works for him once a year. I mean, but he works for him, he gets a check from him, but. This is what I'm saying. I feel like because Charlemagne is who he is, he sees the benefit of doing that because he can use that to his advantage where he can say, you know, Joe, we worked together before and, you you know, you were in charge and it went well. So I want you to work with me, not for me. So I can give you creative control in this sense. And you have because I feel like Charlemagne understands him. He would give him that freedom, and he could, he would end up working for him, but he wouldn't make it feel like he is working for him. I yeah, no, nah, I think. Whereas they just I don't have, think Charlemagne has that same ego. I think they have two different, completely different goals. I don't think that Charlemagne is trying that. to. I don't think that Charlemagne is trying to participate in the ownership aspect of any particular market. I think Charlemagne's goal is to provide opportunities for people who represent black culture. Yeah. I don't think that's, that that's Joe's Budden's goal. I think that Joe Budden is trying to uh, be a part of that machine and make a part of that machine black-owned and operated. Does that make sense? I hear you. I feel like they could have that. There's different goals, but they're going about it with the same Outcome, I'm assu- that's what I guess I'm assuming. They're, they're going about it two different ways, but they're going for the same outcome. And what what would you say is the outcome that they're going for? Well, 
I think I mentioned that they both want to have podcast networks. You said maybe Joe Biden more so a media conglomerate, but I don't think Joe Biden would be able to handle that. And he's mentioned not wanting to um, own people. Yeah, so I think he might. But Charlemagne doesn't own a podcast network. Yes, he does. No, he does not. He owns his own podcast network. he does not. So what would you call it then? I call it... Okay, so do you know how many... uh, All right, so I also just listened to the JBP, so I have some of this information that I initially heard and then went and researched more. Mm -hmm. This is is kind of some bullshit. How many of those 18 podcasts that are under Charlemagne's network are already distributed by iHeart? I mean, um, I feel like most of them are because most podcasts are on most platforms. But so I think with the podcast network, you're not necessarily going for distribution. You're going for them to provide money from sponsors. Right? Exactly. So that means but what I'm saying is because those podcasts are already distributed by iHeart, they're iHeart podcasts, which uh, means that they're already participating in our ad revenue that iHeart is getting, not those individual pie class. Or at least they're getting a cut of because they're the ones negotiating the ad revenue and the ad dollars for the podcast right. that they're distributing. That's number one. From my understanding about how iHeart works is they usually because I, I used to have a podcast that was based on their platform, which is Spreaker. Mm-hmm. They, um, they put the ads in your podcast, right? So you don't really get to control what the ads are. They're just putting the ads in there for you. So I'm assuming with this, they'll get more control of what type of ads are within their podcast and how they are going about incorporating these ads. Like um, iHeart, they just throw ads in there. You have no say, no choice when it comes on or whatever. Whereas I think they're going to create more of a partnership with these brands and companies where people that don't have as big platform or get the major look. It's like, I guess, essentially going from... Um, being an independent artist to a major artist where you get more shine as far as marketing and promoting, you get a bigger platform and a broader base of um, people. Cause now your podcasts are going to be featured. But then the, also the downside of that is that while you're making and generating more attention and more money, you're mm-hmm. also seeing a smaller proportion of it because other people own your shit. Not necessarily. No, necessarily like, though. You'll see a sm- you'll see a smaller proportion, but you'll still get more money. Not necessarily. Yeah. Like, why would you sign up for it then? Well, what we've heard because of the exposure, etc. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why people take deals. Well, we've uh, what's the saying? It goes, um, it's better to own a hundred percent and make ten thousand dollars than than to own ten percent and make a million. Or whatever the fucking I, numbers are. I, I get that, but is. that math don't add up. Whatever the math, whatever the math <laughs> yeah. is, but like figure those but numbers that's, out. But, but like that's the point no- of it is that you can, like you own it. Like yeah. I think there's a lot to be said about having the autonomy to own and monetize your own shit mm-hmm. without having to split it and share it amongst other people who don't have the same interests as you and goals as you. And then when you, especially when you get into the part where you start breaking down the numbers, 
that's where it starts getting funny to me. That's where it starts getting interesting because this is what I was saying earlier. Yeah. All of these podcasts are already distributed and have advertising deals with iHeart. So there's nothing new. I don't know if they have deals, but they get, because like inherent in the um, digital platform, you just get money from the faces you draw in. I don't know if you necessarily have a partnership where like I'm getting 50% of this. It's by how many like looks and clicks you get. Right. And then advertisers, companies look at those numbers to figure out if they want to do business with you. Yeah. And they're not talking to the people who host the podcast. They're talking to the people who own the podcast right. to negotiate those dollars. And that, to me, is what I'm talking about is the difference. So you have someone uh, like a Joe Budden who is who Coca-Cola, Cash App, whoever, is talking directly to him yeah. about all of their advertising money versus talking to horrible decisions. No, you're not talking to horrible decisions. You're yeah. actually not even talking to Charlemagne. You're talking to iHeart. And so now it has to that well, money has to be cut up so many more ways. That's what I'm talking about. I, and then in terms of having autonomy over the content that you put out, how often you put it out, like yeah. all of those other elements too, I think also um, are elements to try to like, that could potentially tip the scales. I don't disagree with your points as far as like the differences. But I guess the thing is that kind of to bring it back to the record label comparison is a lot of people don't want to deal with all of that as far as like talking to advertisers, hiring people to talk to the advertisers, like agents, people to do the audio, people to do the video. That takes a lot more work and time and energy. Some people just want to be talent. They just want to record twice a week, once a week or whatever get paid and call it a day where others want to take more of that ownership role, which takes a lot more effort. So I can see why getting that 10,000 or I think you said 10,000, <laughs> whatever that number was, I can see like you feel more satisfied with that. Cause you've built this from the ground up. Right. Whereas if you're just a talent, you kind of just have a job, which is what most black people have been taught to just do is get a good job. Yeah, and I mean, I see that good job. It's again, but I think my whole point of highlighting the the difference there is to just highlight the difference. Like, I don't think they have the same goals. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have the same way of going about things. I don't think those things are the same. So it's hard to compare apples to oranges when okay. niggas have they're not. That's what, to me. That's where the comparisons to Malcolm and Martin and Magneto and Professor X mm-hmm. differ is because. At least they all had the same end goal. I don't think these two niggas have the same end goal. So it's hard to okay. compare their moves and, you know what I'm saying, decisions accordingly. Okay. Um, I, Maybe they don't want, both want, you might have convinced me that they don't, they both don't want, uh, like, um, podcast networks, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe they both want to... Just contribute to the culture in different ways. So I would say that's their end goal. So like Charlemagne's end goal, kind of what you said, is to help people, give them a spotlight or a platform to exhibit their talents. He doesn't necessarily want to own them, but I think Joe Budden wants to add, add to the culture by showing that you can be like your own boss and have your own network without having to deal with these 
corporations. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to be successful at that just because of his personality type. It's Joe Budden. Because he works at every other venture he has, he works for someone. Joe Budden is, but yes, I agree with that. Joe Budden is Diddy and Dame. Mm. Charlemagne is Stephen A. Hmm? What? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta break that one down. It's super simple. Okay. Diddy and Dame own their own shit. They have control uh, over their own shit. Not even Stephen Diddy. A. Diddy, okay. Stephen A is the most influential talent yeah. on that network. Does that make sense? He's okay. the most influential, powerful talent on yeah. that network. Mm. They both have positions of power and influence. I, they, yeah. You know what I mean? I just I, think that, I totally understand the analogy. Yeah. Um. But even Diddy and Dame do partnerships. That's true, and I think Joe that's what Joe's going to two year. He's going to end up doing a partnership. Also, I think it's weird that people think that the partnership didn't go well, or that people had a perception that like things went sour. Yeah. If you listen to Joe, and if you look at their deal, they're not nobody's compl- nobody's salty. I think if anything, Joe is salty that they couldn't extend the deal under the terms that he wanted, but under the deal that they had, I think everyone is everyone's happy. I think Joe Budden's salty because there are things he thought he would get, but that weren't negotiated for in a contract. He thought because they performed so well, they would just get these things, but I feel like people have incentives for a reason, mm-hmm. and I feel like he thought he matched those incentives and Spotify were like, no, actually we, we were looking at it this way and you didn't. So I think yeah. he is a little salty about that. I think that's part of it. I also think another part of it too is, and Joe has said this before too. I'm just looking for information, <laughs> right? Like I, that's true. If that was his ultimate to, goal, he got it. Yeah. And yeah. that's what he's repeatedly said too over the last couple of episodes. It's like, that was the goal. I was looking for information. And that's what I got. When uh, something that stood out to me is when he was talking about um, when when they were shopping the show around mm-hmm. uh, to Spotify, to Apple, and everybody, and he went to Title and he was talking to Hove. He was like, "Hey Hove, let me get some data," because uh, that's what his his main goal was. <laughs> let me get some data. <laughs> yeah, like let me get the data attached to you know what I'm saying, the analytics mm-hmm. behind this. And Hove was like, "Nigga, no, that's the valuable piece here, and that's the type of information that I think he was talking about." If, Figuring out like, hey, what makes y'all important? Why, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? What is it about this industry? That, and if you know about Joe Budden and his career, this is kind of the same shit he's always been on. I was like, what is it? Why the fuck am I splitting my money with y'all? What are y'all bringing to the table? And I think he's why always does he been get into every partnership and think that. Though? <laughs> like, why is this a surprise every time? I don't think it's a surprise. I think that the way he acts, it seems like he I didn't know this was going to happen to him. I he's like, "What do you so. mean? I'm not getting this Spotify ca- rap caviar promotional money on um, everyday struggle." I, w- I like, like. I don't think <laughs> how many he, times it's going to happen to you, fam. I don't think he's surprised. I think that he is continually trying to figure out why and is like shocked at every turn of like, there's not a better explanation as to why, if that makes sense. And I think somebody like a ego driven kind of person like Joe Budden needs a good reason why for why his shit ain't, you know what I'm saying? Ain't busting like it should be. And the reasons that he's getting just ain't making sense to him. And I think that's what is frustrating him. 
But okay. at the end of the day, I think that, yeah, I think that he he's he's trying to have a he's trying to be a Spotify, he's trying to be a title. You know what I'm saying? He's not trying to be signed to them. I can, um, I feel like just by the nature of your personality type and the nature of minds, I could definitely see you being more on the Joe Budden side of trying to operate, or I might be more on the Charlemagne. Yes. So I think that might be one of the issues we keep running into as far as like just a difference of opinion. But I think that's a good thing. 1,000%. You need both. You need both people in the culture. We needed a Martin and we needed a Malcolm. So I'm just glad that these brothers are out there just fighting whatever fights they feel like they're fighting, and producing results for those fights. So yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm happy to see the Power Wars. Yeah, I love the Power Wars. It's great. It's, it's good for the culture. Good for the culture for sure. Speaking to two powerful black gentlemen speaking to each other, Kanye and Nick Cannon uh, <laughs> have put out. I guess the full interview is out now, right? Because it was in yeah. two pe- two I parts. Think, yeah, it was just two parts. Yeah. Uh, so the full interview is out now. Cannon's class, Nick Cannon, one controversial news-making black figure of 2020, speaking with Kanye West, obviously another polarizing field figure in the culture. Mm. Sat down, did an interview. It was what, about a, almost two hours long? Hour 45, maybe? Yeah, it was close to two hours, yeah. yeah. Um, and they talked about a lot of shit. They talked a lot of, about a lot of shit. What did you... You saw the full interview, right? Mm-hmm. What did you think of it? I thought the first half was interesting because they were kind of talking about all kinds of like, well, they were talking more about so like um, their history and kind of Kanye views now mm. as far as like the um, crying thing and his family and relationships. And the second half seemed to me which I thought was more interesting more interesting and more informative he's talking talk, kind of talking about in more detail about his views on like ownerships and partnerships and what he was doing with Trump and the Republicans and kind of the things that people have been criticizing him for without really knowing the details or hearing his side of the story right so he kind of broke down like the meeting he had with Jerry Kushner which I thought was really interesting because yeah. A lot of people, I talked to a couple people, they're like, yeah, I can't really mess with Kanye. He's trying to mess up the vote by um, drawing um, votes from uh, Joe, but- Biden, Joe, Biden. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe Biden for president. And, like, Biden, I thought yeah. the reason um, Kanye gave for meeting up with Jared Kushner was really dope because he talked about meeting up with them to um, break down Poweronomics. Yep. And if you know what Poweronomics, if you don't know what Poweronomics is, it's a book by this brother named Claude Anderson. It kind of breaks down how to repair the damage within the black community when it comes to, like, financial literacy and, like, just overall as a group being better at finance and more because black people are notoriously known for being, like, consumers and buying everything but not really saving and spending money in a way to invest it. So he met with Jared Kushner and he's saying like Jared Kushner read this book and took notes down and we were talking about it. I've never heard any other person, a black person that's met with any kind of political leader talking about that thing specifically within the black community. They might talk about reparations mm. as an idea, but they don't really talk about how to break it down and make it happen. Right. Which I can't like Kamala Harris ain't doing that. Joe Biden for sure. Right. Ain't trying to hear no shit like that. So I commend Kanye for that at least. You know what's funny? 
I uh I <laughs> sometimes find it so funny when I understand the language that people like Joe Budden and Kanye speak mm-hmm. because I speak the same language. <laughs> I'm just not rich and don't have to not give a fuck about how other people yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's it's very interesting when I hear and watch certain people like these gentlemen. Uh, because I literally think the exact same way. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the resources to not give a fuck like them. The other thing is when I hear these 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 folks talk, what I'm hearing are things that if you ever look back in history mm-hmm. and you look at influential figures in anything, these people are the carbon copies of those people <laughs> mm. Mm. based on how they think, how they express themselves, and how the societies that they exist in receive them. Hmm. It is like, it's kind of funny when you like simplify it and take a bird's eye view point of it that way. Yeah. It's, it's kind of hilarious that like, oh, you can really kind of see like, I don't know. It's so, so, uh, so then I find myself in a position of kind of being in the middle of hearing and understanding what these folks are saying, mm-hmm. but also understanding how, uh, like, they need a PR person to deliver <laughs> their messages better <laughs> because it ain't coming off right. Yeah. And the only reason I can recognize that is because that shit happened to me all the time. Y'all have uh, heard it happen on this podcast yeah. before, right? Um, so it's very interesting for me to be in that position of being like, Ah, I see what you were trying to say, and I heard what you were saying, but a lot of the people that you're trying to communicate that to are not going to get it. They're not going to hear it. They're not Mm going to understand what you're saying. I I think what you just said is what made that interview so good, because Nick Cannon has known Kanye for so long. He could kind of ask him questions where you can get an answer where you don't have to try to translate it under a Kanye lens. Yeah. So... It, as a as a person that thinks like that, you already understand what he's getting at. But from the outsider, the way Nick Cannon asked the questions and how he added to what was being said, I feel like you got a better idea understanding of Kanye. So yeah, yeah, I agree with that too because it was a lot of it was a lot of moments where like Kanye was doing his Kanye thing, and then Nick would make a comment mm-hmm. that aligned with what Ye was saying, but it also brought Ye back to what Ye was saying. Yeah. Right? Because he'll go off into well, a tangent. A lot of times, people just let him do it because exactly. like, it's going to be great content, exactly. but Nick Cannon but knew him better because it's the homie. He knows him, right. Yeah. So he knew what, what to say to bring him back around to his yeah. point. So it made a lot of the things that he was saying a lot more succinct, mm. um, more like connected trains of thoughts yeah, than yeah. just kind of scrambled. Um, so that was dope. I think, I mean, to me... I've never heard a Kanye interview where he don't make no sense. <laughs> That's like I think you're one of very few people that can say that same thing. Yeah, but he's but you make, have to be a Kanye fan to understand that as well, though. But he every he's making sense yeah. with a lot of the things that he's saying. He it's makes just that everything you was saying makes sense. It to makes me. sense. Like it just it makes sense. I think yeah. we're just living a culture nowadays where. You know, if 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 people don't exactly line up with what you think you believe, mm. then you then we feel the need to ostracize that person or or condemn them or talk bad about them. When in actuality, we this is the whole reason why diversity is important. People, 
<laughs> right? So yeah. that you can have multiple perspectives on one thing to try to get yeah. as many viewpoints as possible to make the best decision about how to approach the goal. And also, I feel like we also have a culture of people purposefully trying to misunderstand you in order to make themselves look better because they can virtual signal and be like, yeah. Kanye West said this about Rosa Parks or it makes a good clip to say, draw this and be like, oh, this, this brother's crazy for saying this right. without giving the context. Once you give the context, it doesn't sound as absurd as how it did with just a small clip of what he said. Exactly. So A perfect yeah. example of that is the whole um, conversation that he's trying to have around black people and abortions, mm. right? <laughs> so what a lot of people are saying is they hear the words abortion, Mm-hmm. anti-abortion, pro-life, all of these things, and they trigger certain emotions and certain identities with right. their folks, right? But then you hear him talking, he's like, I'm just saying, it's kind of wild that mm-hmm. <laughs> however many... what you should do or exactly, shouldn't do. Exactly. He's just like, I'm just saying, more black people than any other people yeah. are being aborted, and I'm just saying, that's just kind of wild. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? He's kind of He's not saying, don't have no more abortions. Not saying that, and then he also, on a public platform, cried about being in that same position. Yeah, like nobody had no sympathy for him, which is kind of crazy. That was that was weird, but like, and I don't agree with the pro life thing, right? I think Mm -hmm. that if you need to have an abortion, you should Mm -hmm. be able to have that choice because you just need to be able to have that circumstances exactly. But I do find it very, very fucking interesting that black babies get aborted (laughs) more than anybody else, right? Like, we're not gonna sit up here and act like that's not also. Compelling, and I I thought it was dope too. He mentioned this in the second interview, where like because of that thing, he didn't like he said he didn't judge anybody based on their decisions. He was like, we're looking at building an orphanage on my land, and also we kind of want to rework that whole system. He's like, I'm a creator. That's what we do. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's kind of dope. I wonder what the Kanye orphanage is gonna look like, right? <laughs> like, yeah. And and these are the types of things. So then when you take away, so this is what I was talking about too. When you take away of how uh, people like this. Uh, history looks favorably upon them. Mm. People like this, when you take away and strip away what the like parent public narratives about them are, ah. and you look at what they're actually doing. True. Do y'all know what Kanye is out here doing? Like in real life? Yeah. This shit is really actually <laughs> fucking phenomenal, right? Like yeah. we all know he's a designer. He's gotten to the point where he's trying to source his own colors. Yeah. Right. Like he's bringing jobs to America. Literally, bring like (laughs) all of these things. Like these are real kind of things. And to me, no matter what, like the public narrative or the public uh, conversations or the court of public opinion says, Mm. I want to see what you're actually doing. And shit like what Ye is doing to me is like actual science of genius. Those are like. That's a great point. I never thought about. Because I guess I'm just so much of a Kanye fan and just believe his message so much. Never thought about how, like, maybe 10, 20 years from now, when you uh, kind of get rid of or filter out the public current public opinion, right. how he's going to be looked at for the things he's innovated and the things he's done as far as the partnerships and his creations and his designs. Like, yep. that's a great point. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, it seems like he's realized that he has to get past the public opinion part and just work on focus on the work. Yeah. Which I think is a good thing. 
Which is also very hard for somebody like Kanye. Yeah. He's he's (laughs) ego-driven. So, yeah, like, it feels good in the now to know you're being appreciated. You're getting your flowers. But a lot of times when you're the first or on such a high level, you don't really get that credit. Not only that, it's almost the exact opposite. You get ostracized for being, for going like for True. venturing into that realm, for trying to do shit different, for thinking yeah. about things differently. That's another thing that that's another difference about Joe Budden and Charlemagne. Mm. Joe Budden is thinking about the whole shit in a like from scratch. Charlemagne has perfected the game. Right? Like True. that's two different ways of even thinking about it. One person is trying to redesign the game, they're mm. trying to come up with rules. Another person has mastered the rules that already exist. Mm. Mm. It's like and one versus NBA. <laughs> exactly But That was a beautiful analogy you know, I got them Sometimes <laughs> So uh, But um, Alright let's close out this episode With a couple music topics Alright Let's talk about this Versus battle real quick Good uh, uh, <laughs> luck to everybody Trying to help Their parents Grandparents Aunts and uncles And older brothers And sisters Try to <laughs> Watch this Cause they gonna be like, I can't see it on my phone how yeah. I get it on my TV? Good luck with all of those conversations. Yeah, Good luck well to the tech support out there. Apple TV to shit and call it a day. <laughs> uh, but Miss Gladys Knight and Patty LaBelle are, uh, are, the, are the versus battle. As a matter of fact, when people hear this, this battle will have happened, right? The battle is yeah. tonight. Yep. Uh, well, yesterday. Um, Gladys Knight, Patty LaBelle. Uh, you made a comment it's like this one. I'm a little too young for this yeah. one. <laughs> just, Aged out on this one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we are, we got OGs that listen to this music. Um, yeah. I'm sure we're probably can name a good, a good probably ten each of the songs that they're gonna play. Speak for yourself, brother. I can name probably ten each. <laughs> um, but with that being said, do you have any? Do you have any predictions? I just like the. Marketing aspect of it, yeah. So I'm gonna go. I've had the patty pie, so I'm gonna go with Patty Labelle. And <laughs> going with Patty, yeah. So that's patty what pies. I was about to say. I don't understand why these niggas not having a cook off. Fuck. Maybe they are. The whole time they ain't gonna play no music. <laughs> they just gonna or be cooking. <laughs> they cooking. Had their songs playing in the background while they cooking. Yeah. And they just sharing like old auntie mm-hmm. stories. Oh, that would be pretty. They good. gotta have some great stories. They probably do. They, they probably do. They got to. Um, <clears throat> uh, I just realized this. I didn't notice, but Gladys Knight's restaurant in Atlanta is closed. Got shot up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gladys Knight. Um, so, so there's that. I am going to go out here and say Patty Labelle is going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Patty LaBelle is going to win 13-7. And I think that, uh, yeah, I want to know why this is sponsored by Ciroc. Are they going to be drinking Ciroc at this show? I mean, I feel like they might not be drinking it, but you're definitely going to see the bottle sitting up somewhere. That is true. Uh, (laughs) But I... I don't know. Do you plan on Ciroc? watching this? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, <coughs> oh, we coronavirus? Nah. No. Mm-hmm. Hell no. I refuse. <laughs> uh, maybe Ciroc is trying to get that older crowd that drinks uh, Martell and <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> whatever. I don't know if older black people drink vodka like that, but maybe, maybe that's what they're trying to target for. 
but shout out to Versus, man. At this point, you can't say they haven't like kind of covered yeah. all corners of the of the culture. Uh, it's pretty lit. Did you? This is a random fact. Did you know that Gladys Knight and the Pips made our grandfather's favorite song? I did not. What song is that? Uh, Midnight Train in Georgia. That's the name of my favorite dish at her restaurant. Was wow. the Midnight Train? Is the chicken and waffles dish? Whoa. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, our my grandmother our grandmother told me that maybe like twenty years ago. Midnight I Train in Georgia. Forgot that. Yeah. Damn, we might need to close. I don't know if we'll close out on that. Yeah, we might need to close out on that. That's right, dope. We could do that. We could do that. Um, but yeah, I'm not. Uh, I might. This might be one that I have playing in the background just because I want to give them the views, mm-hmm. and I think it's dope. But like I said, I probably know about a total of twenty. I think songs. this would be more fun as a family activity. Mm. Like if you're with your older family members and watching it with them. Instead of trying to set it up with them over the phone, but you're actually there watching it with them. This would have been seen cool the kind to, of joy and the dancing and the movements you would have get from them. This would have been cool to zoom like a yeah. like a group zoom. It's not too late. Thing. Are you sure? Set that up. It might be even better because if you stream it from your laptop, the older people that have laptops or computers in your family will be able to see it without having to do the work of trying to incorporate the technology within their own homes. Yeah, all you have to do is share a screen. Exactly. Huh, yeah, 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 we might need to do Ooh, this. about to hit the group chat, like, TJ is going to <laughs> I'm not volunteering. I mean, I think I... We know they could do Zoom. We know they could do Zoom. <laughs> so, My Zoom account, I think, only had... I don't have the premium Zoom. Uh, I don't have the... Uh, broke boy over here. I got one through my job. <laughs> I was about to say, I could use the one through my job. Uh, I think that's what everybody's doing. Nobody has a personal full Zoom account. Nah. <laughs> it's either school the or job. The regular Zoom account shit is kind of bogus, too. It's like 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, you can have 20 people in that shit. Like, yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. But, yeah, that might be a good idea. I think we just figured that out. Mm-hmm. Live. Um, all right. And then the last music topic before <laughs> we get up out of here. You brought up an interesting conversation. Um, about two music icons, younger icons than 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 Patty and Gladys. Yeah, definitely a couple of generations below them. Several generations. <laughs> it's, it's not a couple. Is it two? It's two. Okay. Because I'll go with it. You, I think you're right. You got like a Whitney '80s R&B sing- songstress. Then you get into the late '90s. And these artists were like early 2000s, late 90s. Okay. Where like, they didn't do nothing in the early 90s to the mids, really. But the late 90s is when they kind of started forming into their own and putting out music. Patty and Gladys was putting out music in the 70s? In the 60s. In the 60s. That's what I'm saying. So it was three. That's three generations. Um, if they were doing it in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. 80s and 90s, I guess that would be two. So 70s, you think it's a whole nother. Who the fuck was songstress in the 70s? That's what I don't know. I might be missing out on that one. I think we're we're kind of exposing what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. The is kind of beyond our time. The first album on title from Patti LaBelle is 1966. So late 60s. Okay. Mostly the 70s, though. So yeah. I think you're right. Thank you. 70s and 80s. Yeah, my man. She went crazy in the eighties, low key. Eighties were a crazy year for 
crazy decade for music. I don't really like it. But there's a lot of experimentation and different sounds. Yeah. So yeah, you got that. Of course, my birth year album cover is my favorite, Burning. That's when she got um, chlamydia. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, the <laughs> two other icons, the conversation that I thought was interesting, uh, a, a debate. Um, was who has more sons? Basically, <laughs> right? <laughs> All you niggas is my son. Right? Who has? Uh, who has? Damn, they're saying who has fathered more styles? Patriarchal is that toxic? Masculinity? I mean, nah, because they be calling one of these artists the king, like King Bay. Yeah. So I don't. I is don't, it King Bay or King B? I don't know, man. So we're talking about Aaliyah and Beyonce and the influence uh, that both of these folks have had on the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, not actually, I mean, partly on the culture, but more so in music and music styles and, and artists yeah. that have spawned after these folks. So we're talking about Aaliyah and Beyonce. Um, I think Ooh. that... I got to give a hotter take. Okay. Well, you came in here with what you thought was a hot take, but I kind of put a little water on it and like I, 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 I watered it down. But I think it's a, kind of a normal take. Like I think that we Is are it? on the side that Aaliyah has birthed more sons than Beyonce in terms mm-hmm. of music styles and artistry. Right. Currently. Currently, for sure. Yeah. We don't know how history will hold on to that title, but currently we both think that. I don't even think that a lot of people would debate that, though. Even a lot of Beyonce fans, because there's just not. Well, my hot take was Aaliyah has made more impact on the culture than Beyonce. And I I don't. Not necessarily who has more kids, because that's clear. You can't debate that. But I feel like impact is more subjective, so. Okay, so what I would say is... Because it depends on your criteria, I guess. Right, and I do think that that original, that that sunning part of it is, should be criteria for Mm -hmm. influence of the game. And this is also difficult because, uh, like we said, Aaliyah has passed. So, Mm -hmm. like, her development at an artist is done with, right? Like, it is what it is. And Beyonce has been afforded the opportunity to continue to grow and develop as an artist and make yeah. changes and, you know, develop, work on strengths and weaknesses and, and all of that. Uh, do, you, do you think that someone passing away tends to make more of an impact within the culture than if someone's still, still alive making music? I say that with thinking about, like, Biggie and um, Tupac. Yes. Okay. So, yes. So, <laughs> so if Biggie is Aaliyah, Jay Z is Beyonce. Okay. Right That's now, That's we can't sit up here. Today. Yeah. So we can't <laughs> sit up here and say that Jay Z or Beyonce's influence on their craft is negligible. Right. They're mm-hmm. probably they're definitely the living, mm-hmm. current, active, most influential mm-hmm. people in their art, and they're doing things in their art that are advancing it in ways that we've never seen before, taking it to whole new heights and levels, just doing things that we've never seen. However, in terms of creating what they have perfected, I think that Aaliyah, Tupac, Biggie are more aligned over there. Jay-Z and B are a little bit more aligned over there. I have a a question for you about creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, It might answer itself with the question, but I'm curious. Do you think someone is more creative by creating their own style or more creative by incorporating more 
styles from other people. So I think of a Beyonce and Drake as far as taking other people's styles and incorporating within their music. And say someone like, uh, um, <laughs> this is a deep reference, so I'm, I'm going to have to give you another one. Cool Keith, as far as like just doing uh, real weird, wacky sounding rap. Um, but let me think of a more <laughs> common person that does this. Uh, Lil B. Ludacris. <laughs> or Missy Elliott. Yeah, Missy's cool. So like, who do you think is more creative? Or is it just create, create, creativity doesn't really matter? Um, what's interesting is I, I think that uh, everybody is influenced in some sort of way. Right. So... How, but what, like you know, like Drake will take a a UK sounding um, song, sound like he's from the UK. It's a UK production. It's a UK pattern. He's putting himself within that world and making music within that world. Where some artists might take elements like a pop smoke. He'll take the production element of it, but the way he raps over the beat and what he's rapping about might be different. I mean, I guess it's a it's a it's a matter of. Uh, preference I think okay. I think that You know Would you rather have someone Who is really 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 good At one thing And is a master At that one thing mm-hmm. Or someone who is Talented enough To do Anything that they do well It's kind of Just a preference Yeah um, I guess I like The more specialist I think that's why I Like Pusha T Is one of my favorite rappers mm-hmm. He Knows what he's good at And sticks to it Yep um, and then I'm assuming like somebody like the game who is commonly known in hip hop as a chameleon mm. probably aren't as, like he's, he's good, but it's not as mm. uh, it doesn't hit the same as somebody who's a specialist like an Eminem. You know, you're getting bars out of Eminem. I know you hate Eminem, but <laughs> as a, in terms of a specialist and someone who yeah. fucks with that part of art, they're yeah. going to fuck with him because he's a technician at that. But like I saw some white people that didn't fuck with Eminem because of that, which was very shocking to me. That's very in interesting. A post slat this week on uh, Instagram. That was one of my week highlights. I forgot about that, but yes. Nah, that's it. It was like, <laughs> all he, he does is go da 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 da. It was like he's Why overrated. He I was like, what? <sighs> white people from Ohio. Interesting. <laughs> very interesting. So yeah, so I think it, I also think this is unfair because Beyonce is still growing and still changing the game right yeah. now. So if we're asking what has she changed the influence up until this point of her career versus mm-hmm. what Aaliyah has done, that's not even fair. I don't I just don't think that's fair. Also, mm-hmm. can you point to anyone directly besides Chloe and Halle that are like sons of Beyonce? Definitely our sister. Solange, yeah. Yeah. Um all the people that are offshoots of Beyonce work directly with Beyonce. That's what I'm saying. Because so she's alive, of- I'm assuming. But a lot of the offshoots of um Aaliyah have borrowed from her singing style and maybe even a little bit of her production style. Because, mm-hmm. like, she, I think, kicked off the sing songy whispering, mm-hmm. which you hear a lot of with the Janae Ayakos and then um, a lot of the, <laughs> I'm not going to mention the brother's name. We didn't even talk about that one. <laughs> but uh, he, sh- that shall not be named, but likes to shoot oh, people in the feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it'd be interesting to kind of see kind of what you mentioned with the Joe, uh, with the Kanye, how this looks 10, 20 years from now. Yeah. Who who do you think, do you think Jay-Z, like, for example, I don't think Jay-Z has fathered a lot of styles in hip hop. Well, that 
Well, that might show your age, brother. Um, in the late uh, 90s, early 2000s, Jay-Z was heavily criticized for taking rap into an area where it's about money, money cash hoes, right? Mm-hmm. It's Lifestyle like, rap. Uh, but like high class... Vintage, like not vintage, but high class, a lot of money, spending it frivolously, lifestyle rap, right. even kind of the drug aspect of it. Where before it was more like uh, backpacker. These are some history facts. The Nazis of the world. Jay Z took a lot of criticism early in his career because of that. But I guess because he kind of went past that, and it's so long ago, people kind of forget about that part of his career. Mm-hmm. So he. Innovated in that way, he might not have innovated as far as like flows, but like the type of rap and how it was done was different. Because a lot of the hardcore like rappers were kind of rapping like that, like the Cool G rap, they weren't as um, slick and clever as the Jay Z. Jay Z made it seem cool to be gangster and sell drugs, whereas those other previous rappers made it seem like you have to be tough or a street dude. It's hardcore, you know. So. I would say he changed the game in that sense. So what he did was he made he made like uh, the hood aspirations mm-hmm. real, and then he also humanized rich blackness. Yeah, for like the other side, right? That's a good. That's kind of how he smart way to break it down. Bridge that gap. Nigga be reading books and shit. <laughs> but, I mean, he said it himself. I brought. I brought. What he, what's the line? I brought y'all to the hood. Yeah. Instead of something, whatever the fucking line is, <laughs> I, y'all know the fucking line. Um, but no, that's an interesting point. I think that uh, in terms, because what we were, what I was in my head thinking of in terms of stylistically, who Aaliyah and Beyonce have birthed, I was thinking sonically and yeah. style and those type of things. What you're talking about is almost more so um, it's <clears throat> cultural it's style and culture, but also. The, another thing that Jay-Z, I think, is really, really huge for is just how to maneuver, right? Like, that came <clears throat> much later. Like He's respected for that a great deal within the community, but that came later. Even though early on, he, when he couldn't get a deal and what he ended up doing with Def Jam and Rockefeller and Rockaway and all of that right. was amazing. But, like, yeah, he didn't really get his credit for that early on because until later. Yeah, man. Shout out to all these moguls, man. This was a very yeah. black-ass podcast, y'all. Black, black, black. Everything black. All <laughs> thing, all things black. We went into the pod wars. We talked about Yay. Yeah. We talked about the OGs, Aaliyah and Beyonce. I like it. So, who are you more of a fan of between Beyonce and Aaliyah? Don't get canceled. <sighs> um, who am I more a fan of? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me reframe the question. <laughs> Because I'm uncomfortable with how you asked it. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to listen to one person's music. Oh, you might get yourself in more trouble. Go ahead, brother. Uh, if I had to listen to one person's music. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two people that I could choose from would be between <laughs> Aaliyah and Beyonce. Qualifiers. I didn't ask that. This is what you're answering. <laughs> you answer your own question. <laughs> Look at this. Oh, man. Um... Whose music do I prefer? <laughs> How many times? What's the what did you ask me? Ask the exact question you want to know the answer to. I said between Beyonce and Aaliyah, whose music do you prefer listening to more? 
I'd have to say Aaliyah. I have to say Aaliyah. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, I can't really answer the question. I'm gonna answer like how you be setting people up. I can't really answer the question because I haven't heard. I, I've only listened to a couple Beyonce albums, but I never really bought Aaliyah albums back in the day because I was more of a rap fan. So. Mm-hmm. And they've never really put Aaliyah's music on any kind of streaming platforms or anything like that. So the last 10 years, I haven't had a chance to like actually listen to it. But I heard that they're going to try to put them on the Spotify's and the yeah. title, uh, t- uh, titles of the world. So hopefully once I can listen to her catalog outside of her first album, I can give you an answer. But I don't feel comfortable answering it because I, I haven't listened enough to their music. That's a good cop out answer. Yeah, I ain't mad I'm at learning it. from the best. I ain't mad at it, I ain't mad at it at all. <laughs> um, let's see. Anything else to get to? I think that's it. That's it. That's it. All right. Make sure y'all check out uh, the over the counter episode dropping this Friday. Um, make sure you Allegedly. go follow us. No, it's gonna drop on this Friday. <laughs> I promise. You. I, I've, I now have my system set. All I right. You. All right. Um, so yeah. Uh, as always, it's been the self medicated podcast. Uh, I am your host, The Wayfair, a.k.a. Quinn Quarantino, a.k.a. The Banter Boss, a.k.a. Jon Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow. At all. Here, as always, with the captain of the igloo, young, popular, and friendly, a.k.a. The Box Hunter. <laughs> a.k.a. One Pop Poppy, a.k.a. The Bottom Feeder. Um, and yeah, we out here. We out. Left behind